0: Some of you are old enough or uh, musically substantial enough to remember Ben E. King from 1961, who sang Stand By Me. Uh, It was disappointingly covered by John Lennon and even by Muhammad Ali, which is fascinating in and of itself. Um, But uh, Stand By Me is a song that is all about a longing for companionship and for a solidity in companionship. And you know some of the lyrics, right? When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we see. No, I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. And my favorite, if the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall, it's so good. Or the mountain should crumble into the sea. I won't cry. I won't cry. No, I won't shed a tear. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. I love it. It's such a deep and gut-level cry for solidarity, particularly within a moment of great vulnerability. And uh, he believes that that sort of solidarity and companionship will steady uh, his course. And uh, many of us uh, feel that way, of course. We feel deeply alone. Uh, That doesn't, uh, by the way, have anything to do with sociology, or how many people are around you, or how many people are in your family, or how many children you have, or how frequently they call, or um, if you and your uh, spouse have a, a, quote, good, unquote, relationship, whatever that means, um, lots of people, uh, regardless of sociological dynamics, feel terribly alone much of the time. Uh, and um, introverts can um, level with it a little bit more easily for a longer period of time, but many people feel deeply alone. They don't feel understood. They, they thought that friendship or a dating app or a marriage or children might cure it, but but it hasn't entirely. Um, and uh, and what uh, the Christmas season is really all about is trying to convince us that there's a reason that we feel that way from time to time. There's a reason that we feel within our hearts a, a profound isolation uh, that we're not really understood, or uh, and maybe we don't even want to be understood because that would reveal too much of us, and the other person would find it displeasing and wish to distance themselves. And we don't blame them uh, if they if they wanted such a thing. Uh, But the Christmas season says, well, there there is uh, one who uh, knows more than you do about yourself and has chosen to move in closer rather than further away. Uh, He's a a God who's not dedicated to the subject of boundaries, never has been. Uh, And he is one who seeks out at great pain and at great cost to himself a sacred solidarity and uh, what's fascinating to me is the original title by Ben E. King was not Stand By Me, it was Stand By Me, Lord, uh, and it was about God, and it was originally um, saturated with even more scripture, though Psalm 46 has remained in the song by King, right? Um, if the mountain should crumble into the sea, it's straight from the psalm. Uh, <clears throat> and that's what the Bible's all about, a sacred and sacrificial a solidarity, Uh, that we have been companioned at the deepest possible level and at the lowest possible place. And uh, until we uh, come to a greater realization and bonding with that substantial uh, reality from God, we will feel uh, an aching isolation. And uh, Augustine said it beautifully, right? He said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, that uh, we often seek out Um, heaven in an individual. This happens all the time via projection. You seek it in a spouse, you seek it in a child, you seek it in a romantic relationship or a litany of romantic relationships. Uh, What you're really doing is seeking the solace of the soul, but you are placing that burden on a human being who can't possibly bear it. And they can't possibly offer you the divinity that you need, which is only found in this uh, God-man who was uh, born to us uh, through the Virgin Mary. Um, the Bible, as you may know, is like a, um, a very long and complex uh, novel uh, that, uh, it's a true novel, but a novel about a love affair between God and God's pursuit of a, uh, of a, a consistently unfaithful spouse. I mean, really, the Old Testament prophet's principal motif is uh, romance, to understand the relationship between God and his people. But it's, uh, the Bible is not just like a novel. I suppose it's more like a, a, a long soap opera with, you know, like 87 seasons and an endless chronicle of very messy breakups because we say no a lot. You know, we say no a lot. Um, this happens in the garden when God gives us the resplendent feast of paradise and we say, well, no, thank you. Uh, it happens again in uh, the flood, uh, you know, where we say essentially we would rather drown than be with you. Uh, we say no to Moses when he gives us legislation, or right? he gives us legislation so that we have a nice little community, and we understand each other, and we have certain mores and folkways, and you know, we, we, uh, we have certain uh, cultural taboos that create self-sabotage if we break them, and so uh, Moses is giving us some order, some structure to society, and we say no to that, and then uh, we have um, judges that are given to oversee little pockets of people, and they have you know they're sort of libertarian so they have a, they don't have as much legislative power and but we don't like that either because we want more legislative power so god gives us a king and we don't like that either because the king isn't exactly the one that we wanted and so they scrap the king and then God sends prophets, you know, prophets who, and some of them are mad. They are. They're angry. Um, so God sends us angry people. And the angry people say, you know, don't do that. You're an idiot. Uh, and if you keep doing that, you'll create hell on earth. You shouldn't. So don't. Um, and, uh, and we say, well, no to them. And then God sends nice prophets like Zephaniah, who talks about animals. And, and he's much kinder and gentler And the end of Isaiah, which is sweet in its own way and melodic and poetic. And we say no to that, too. Uh, and so God, over and over and over again, like a relentless uh, pursuing lover, uh, gives us uh, all of these chances, all of these opportunities. And we say no at every turn. I mean, it's just what we do. We're offered the best thing possible. And and we say Tis better to re- reign in uh, hell than to serve in heaven. I'd rather do anything than be with you, even though being with you uh, brings me ultimate restoration, peace, tranquility of soul, and thriving as a, an, an image-bearer. Uh, but what Christmas represents is a God who cannot take the hint, a God who uh, ignores our million breakup letters and our consistent knows. And pursues us anyway. He's relentless and utterly committed to stand by us. And the proof is in the incarnation. He's so committed to stand by us that he doesn't give us uh, another proxy or another legal mind. He doesn't give us a nice prophet. He doesn't give us an angry prophet. He gives us him. himself. So he steps into the story. Um, <clears throat> and this is why he's called Emmanuel. And Emmanuel is uh, is an old name, and it goes back to Isaiah, and Isaiah um, understood it to mean God with us. And the New Testament sees Jesus as the fulfillment of this conception, this ancient conception that there will come a day in which God will be with you more fully than you've ever experienced yet. And... um, And this is the God who stands by us. Uh, This is really the cry of uh, Benny King, and it's the cry of each of us that we want somebody to stand in complete solidarity, sacrificial solidarity. Because to have somebody stand in solidarity solidarity with you when they know you would necessarily entail sacrifice. Because if you ever have a friend, you know that person is troubled. Right. and so to be with them for the long haul through thick and thin involves by its very nature sacrifice and that's what we have in the God who meets us in Jesus Christ uh, and this is not the God who is with us when we're good You know, the God of many Christians is too small for me the God who loves me when I'm good and hates me when I'm bad But the, the God of uh, the Christmas meets us in our devastation Not in our excellence, not even in our mediocrity, but in our profoundest regrets, and in the regrets that we don't even regret very much. But in the place of pain, alienation, hurt, sin, rampant narcissism, um, defiance, stupidity, uh, madness, uh, beleagueredness, and he says, That's the one I want. I want you. You know, this is a recklessly persistent God who wants me for reasons I cannot fathom and probably never will. Um, But I find that the more I understand his nature, which is fully revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, who is the visible manifestation of the heart of God, I want whatever that is. I want him. I want the uh, fleshy God of Jesus Christ who uh, hugs people and draws them in and touches people and heals people and dies right alongside us. Um, A a God who really is with us to the hilt in the acrid ashes. Um, A God who tells us the truth, of course, but doesn't hate us when we can't live up to it, but instead suffers for us on the cross. Well, friends, this is Christmas, and it's all about good news. Uh, I'm not going to give you any nonsensical challenges tonight. There are none. It's simply good news to the hilt, without a hint of anything else. Good news and goodwill toward men. God, in other words, to quote St. Augustine, is a line that opens. God is a line that opens. Opens wide enough for you and all of your problems. God opens wide enough to embrace the world. He stands by us, heaven knows why, but he stands by us and he's not going anywhere.